0: And it's a beautiful evening, Tuesday, December the 19th, year 2017. I'm Walden shoes, over here in Costa Mesa, California. It's cold. I got my heater on. You know, most people think I'm crazy. We're at the the adorable one, 3,000 miles away, if I'm crazy. Am I crazy adorable? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Patricia. Hello. Hello, Patricia. If you if you if if you didn't have Patricia as your name, what would you have liked to have as your name? Mm-hmm. uh-huh i think it it fits you has it and but has it been hard to retrain your sister to say Patricia? <laughs> 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 uh-huh there we go okay let me get out okay when what, what, what? When I would call Patricia, her, her office line would refer to herself as Pat. She is not, you are not a Pat. You know, I just... No, you're you a Patricia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful song. Beautiful song. We are live. 714-545-2071. Patricia has classic culture to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was interesting, the segment you read last night. I, I, stuff I've never heard before, and it's very descriptive. Very. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You know I think the song and then the cartoon series have grown to be more famous than the book than the story that you're about you you're reading to us, yeah. Have you ever read The Grinch, the book itself? Okay. I don't... It might be. You know, I would think Dr. Sue... I'm assuming it's a Dr. Sue story. Okay. Oh. I'm <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for Rudolph. So I did not know it was in verse. So in the same temple of the night before Christmas. Wow. Seven one four five four five two zero seven. If you're not hearing this, give us a call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we could we could have dropped we could have dropped out on the bill, and you and I would still be hooked up. Who knows? But I. We wouldn't know. Okay, I don't have that magic button over there. So, you can do Walden a favor and give us a call at 714 545 2071. If not, you get hearing dead air. If not, you get hearing dead air. So, okay. That'd be good. On, on the blue. Anyway, I I was working on the Christmas Eve stuff this evening. And I, 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 e- I, got, I emailed Barbara. I wanted to know what phone number to use for her for Christmas Eve night. So she gave me the one. So I put that in Skype. So I figured when we have Barbara to read the night before Christmas, people can still call in. And then then I looked up the phone number for NORAD. I have both the local Colorado Springs number and the, the toll-free number. So I put those in Skype, and then I went to the uh, Santa Tracker website. Everybody, that's NORAD, N-O-R-A-D, Santa, S-A-N-T-A dot org, dot O-R-G. And they' now seem to be really into twittering might be they might be the new frontier so they they like to tweet so they're keeping yeah they keeping people posted on Santa and they have a countdown on the website right now four days and so many hours and so I clicked on a few things they even they' even selling merchandise and they had a little Tribute to the colonel who came up with the idea and gave a little bio about him. So I was just just making sure everything was ready for Christmas Eve. So, so. anyway, this weekend, we're only on the blue tonight. Yeah, we have trained people to only hear us on the blue the blue the blue is popper <laughs> Okay Let me get, let me get. See if i if I can figure out anything going on over there. But you know. Okay, so what I'm gonna do Okay, so what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna hang up on you and and uh you No, know, I hear something there. Over is that you? No? Yeah, but I hear those speaking noises over on your computer, I think. Okay. Well, let me hang up on you and start start fresh. So okay. We should be all hooked up now. I think we're all hooked up now. I I didn't hear anything drop out. So I think it's just you and I. So, so. Oh, yeah. I think. No, I think you could read it all over again. You know? Who knows? I guess that's why I don't know. We, then we, you're gonna get a second reading of Rudolph. You know that—that's the deal. Either you call, or Patricia gets to read Rudolph again. <laughs> uh, anyway, they were good. I um, I started a long time ago. Dad, Dad and I went to uh, look for nails at a couple of hardware stores. Three, we went to three different hardware stores to get nails for the roof. <laughs> and then we came home, and then a cousin from Denny who uh, had moved back into town, and uh, he was visiting us, so we spent some time with him. My brother, my brother and mom went to the Star Wars movie and I went and took a nap and then uh after nap then I returned phone calls and we ordered round table pizza for the family and so we had pepperoni pineapple pizza for everybody because that makes my brother and dad happy, so that's what we did so. And then Mom and I had ice cream for dessert. A little chocolate syrup on there. And then I spent time looking through emails and getting ready for the show. So, I spent... And then my second computer is doing a Windows 10 update reversed back to an older program. So, I don't have everything handy, so I'm going to play stuff from the CD rather than a computer tonight, so, so that's where we are, my dear, so we're doing okay. Okay, then I will, uh, then I will get on the call again, you know. Okay, that should do it, everybody. We should be on for sure. Sh- we should be for sure, for sure. You know. Yeah. Sure. 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 For sure, for sure. If, if you like to hear Patricia call on us, 714-545. 2071. I'd love to have your number. If not, Patricia and I will g- have a good time talking to each other for a while. Mm hmm. Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> well. Okay. If not, I can call the gasman and say, are we on the air? Okay. Um me guess.
1: Alright, I talked to a friend
0: Brian Henderson, and he verified we're on the blue, so we're, we're being heard, so that's good. <laughs> I know, I know. Mm. And just think that's just one person doing all that, That's that's amazing. Oh, don't you think? You know, don't you think the president take time? Donald have taken the time to decorate for eighteen thousand square feet. <laughs> That's pretty nice. I would. Love, I would. I would love to do that. Yeah. You know? Okay, so that should be our thing for next year. We should volunteer to go to the White House. Yeah. It'd be fun. (laughs) And they're all home baked, right? Mrs. Le- Mrs. Trump cooked them all. That's that's very nice of her to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You like gingerbread? You like gingerbread? Ah, okay. My favorite. Yeah, but, see, gingerbread doesn't really dunk as well as other stuff. I don't think so. Or maybe because I've, I've been raised on hard gingerbread. Oh, I haven't thought about that. Well, now, see, if, if you're going to decorate a gingerbread house, that's an interesting thought. Where, where did that custom come from? I like putting gumdrops on mine. I'm a gumdrop kid. When I used to get, gin- oh yeah. Now sometimes people put hard candy on them, and- but I, mm-hmm. That was to- that was sort of an art how to how to get the um, the frosting to harden in time. That way you could have a house that could keep standing rather than have the chimney cave in. <laughs> and and you should know, I mean, you know, little kids, our frosting should be just splattered all over the place. And you look at these professional places, somehow they just got the right amount of frosting. It looks so professional compared to... <laughs> <laughs> so they went to gingerbread school, is that... Wait a minute, we need... Hey... No, but maybe there's a gingerbread school out there. Well, I mean, if there's a Santa Claus school, there must be a gingerbread school. Well, you think there are candy companies that all they do is specialize in holiday treats? They don't they don't put out anything else. That's true. But you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what the biggest thing, the last the last couple weddings I attended, it's it's not yeah, it's cupcakes now. Six dollar cupcakes. Uh, you know.
2: Um... Uh, well, you know,
0: it, and we will face it, when you cook chocolate, like, when you're making something like that, it seems like that dark chocolate has a certain smell to it when you're cooking it. You know. Yeah.
1: Mmm.
0: Uh that would be Mrs uh, Benjamin Harrison. That right? Wow. I wonder what but I, I wonder what would been a First theme, my guess, would be something for children, like uh, UNICEF for children or something like that would have been a very early theme. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to be here four times this weekend, twice during the day and twice at night. So we're going to start on Saturday the 23rd. At four o'clock Eastern, one o'clock Pacific, and go till eight o'clock Eastern. Patricia will join us for the first couple of hours, and before she has to start unwrapping her all her packages or help Santa pack the sleigh, you know, have a little snack break. So John Roy will join us, and then we'll all gather together on Saturday night, twenty third, at ten thirty Eastern, and enjoy the holiday together. And then. Uh, Patricia and I can't get enough, so on Christmas Eve day, we'll be back here, starting at 4 o'clock Eastern. We'll run until 8 o'clock. Patricia will be there for the first two hours to wave at everybody. We'll talk to Santa, and then we'll be back at 10.30 Eastern, and we'll go from 10.30 to 11.30, and Patricia's sister Barbara will read the night before Christmas, and Patricia will wind up reading, finishing up reading the Rudolph and not red no reindeer, so those are some of our offering, and then I bet we'll be together Christmas night, so those are current schedule at the moment, everybody you know ah okay well right now um, when when did that ever happen you you've never been confused one day your life mm yep. you <laughs> I see <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some nowadays I can just sort of paint those out and be pretty I get a weekly email from historical places, everybody, and uh, last week they had the second oldest synagogue and a museum attached to that, uh, not museum, but uh, cemetery. Um, this week I'm anxious to see what their Christmas theme is going to be like, Cause if so, I'll forward that to Patricia and she can describe the pictures to us, so see what, what, Oh there. Okay, okay. We'll see what happens. What they decide. That's a historical theme. We wore them out last night. I think you know we were up. We were up late last night. So, and we and we the phones were busy. You know, I think they they're all hunk they're all hunkered in and. Taking a nap and waiting for Christmas to show up, I guess. <laughs> oh. So so did you feel yesterday's meeting went well with the food the foot the food people? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh uh. mm-hmm.
0: Oh, we haven't talked about this earlier, and I think that's the big, big Christmas theme at your place right now. It's the uh, door decoration, and you're trying, to, you're trying to fix yours on the what the, the the Santa on the door. <laughs> So, so they, so they, so they had different things on P- Patricia's door from Santa's. That some people had different decorations on, on on each of the doors, and until, so, and they put masking tape or something there, and they just weren't just wasn't right. So. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, you only get about, wait, what, three, four hours if you're running just on battery alone, right? Okay. hello hello you're I'm with Patricia yeah,
3: it's
4: Kurt hi Kurt hello how you doing uh I just want well i'm I'm better right now um, mentally I'm definitely better and physically I'm have trouble getting from place to place but i'm i'm doing better um than i was so
0: we'll take that
4: yeah yeah Yeah. definitely will yeah um and hopefully you guys are both doing well we are must be because you're are on the air so much that you must be doing much better which uh, i'm really glad to note that Actually, I can hear uh, Patricia on the radio, but not. Okay,
0: I can I can take care of that for you. All right. And Patricia, will you talk to Kurt? No. Nope. Uh, yeah,
4: okay. I can hear her on the radio. Uh, well we're not really doing anything much um, um, big matt uh big Matt's wife Jennifer is in the hospital she just had very serious surgery today and uh so she had pancreatitis and um they found out that that her pancreas uh, had a lot of necrosis in it, and they had to try to make her a new bile duct from the intestine. And so she's she's in it, uh, has some really bad problems, uh, especially with pain and stuff like that. So. They took out her gallbladder, and she may be home for Christmas. But the irony is that if she comes home on Christmas, she may not be able to eat stuff that, um, that, that they make for her because she may have to go vegan or whatever. So that's really serious. And Matt's um, staying up there with her tonight. And, uh, like, she's in lots of pain and stuff from the surgery. So it's a a real problem. So uh, we could use prayer on that one because she's, uh, you know, very ill. So, but... um, like I said, um, I'm doing better. Um, I just got a shower chair a couple of weeks ago, and and that makes uh, showering really easy because I can sit down and not have to stand up the whole time. So not much else is happening, but... Um, Um, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing pretty well still on my, uh, chemotherapy, and those numbers are still, uh, coming down and stuff, so, you know, that at least is, is looking better. So, and I'm so glad that, Patricia, you're doing so much better, and, and, um, able to do a lot of the stuff that, you know, you really have needed to do for a long time. So, and of course, Walden is, is handling the Christmas programming and stuff like that, and so that's, that's really nice, and, and of course, I've been hearing John and Larry, so I, but not very often cuz they're, no,
0: they're sick right now. Lori's really sick and so well it's going to be a little while I think before we'll see how they are this weekend.
4: But uh they've got so much that they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I know. With, with the performing and all that. I mean that that's 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 a, a bad um bad time to be sick.
0: That's yeah, true. That's so true.
4: So but um I um, I'm you know kind of I, I'm not sure how ready I am for Christmas itself but um, well
0: you know Kurt we are still with us and that's what that's the most important thing so oh yeah,
4: well and that yeah that's I'm I'm thankful that I am doing better and I still can't use the computer and stuff. Right. But um other than that there's I'm able to do, you know, other things and 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 at least as I get longer for uh past the stroke that I had in I think that was in June, at least I can read more and understand it better than I was when I uh, first had it, so I am feeling better about about that. Good. So, but I just wanted to to call in, especially to talk to you uh, before Christmas to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and thank everybody for their prayers and because I. I think they've really made a difference and I'm um, I really appreciate the fact that the family is uh willing to do that and yeah. And um and I thank everybody for that. So but uh anyway, I just wanted to call and say hello. Hello, Kurt. Cuz it's been such a long time since I've talked to Patricia. I know. And She, between the time that I talked to her, she went from being well to really sick to much better now, so.
0: Yeah, well, she's she's a yo-yo. You know, she bounces up and down, so she.
4: Well, I'm just, I'm just so glad that. Well, maybe
0: she me say she's a weeble wobble. Are you a weeble wobble? (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yeah, they they wobble, but they don't fall down. That's true. I, as I remember the commercial.
0: So... Yeah, there with that fun song with the Weeble Wobble song. And, you know, the same thing with Swanky. Swanky always had a fun song to it, too. So... Yeah.
4: Yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to thank everybody... And just wish everybody um, uh, Merry Christmas, and especially, uh, uh, of course, Jim Taylor, if he's listening. Um, we do have to give him uh, an encyclopedic uh, Merry Christmas. That's right. And um, since he has that all that stuff in his head, and and uh, we feel especially glad that he has all that stuff there.
0: I agree. I agree.
1: Because,
4: you know, he even, of course, called up a couple nights ago and talked to Dr. Beal and uh, asking him some questions. And and the stuff that he has in his head about even having to do with records and stuff like that uh, and stuff that he used to have, and um, that's been especially interesting uh, in the last, well, the Sunday show was really interesting. Good. So I will let you go, and hopefully somebody else will call in. But
0: We will. I'll have, I'll have them call in a minute. I'm going to do a telephone test with Patricia. So thank you, Kurt, and we'll talk to you soon.
4: Okay, hopefully Good night. Thank you so
0: much. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, well, I'm going to do it. I, I, well, I did that for a certain reason. I can do that in a second. I'm gonna call my, wait, what, what I did? I'm calling myself. Okay, Patricia, can you hear me? Okay. Hello? Okay. Hello there. Okay. i let you know.
1: I to, to, ask you to turn it
0: up. <laughs> Hmm. I see here. I uh, don't hear myself. I see here. Why is that crazy? You know, it worked fine yesterday. And uh, right now, Let's see here.
5: Do 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 do
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's on the phone? That's me. You you? Yeah. I'm calling myself. <laughs> we a well, I'm trying to see why we're not getting anything on the phone. Hmm. Hello there. Okay. Yeah, but if I'm on the phone, I don't hear myself on the phone. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, but I can see why Kurt didn't get this call. Um, let's see, hold on.
5: Do, do, do.
1: hmm Yep.
0: That's true. Oh, I don't know i'm just having so much fun I'm having so much fun playing with the phones. Let's see here <laughs> yeah, they hear you just fine
6: they can oh that's good
0: oh, okay. I know what it was
6: oh, oh. oh
0: heaven heavens to betsy I know no, okay now I, now I know the secret what well. Stupid Walden. Now I'm learning more about things that the older I get, right? So I'm not stupid.
6: See. What did you do? I have an email from David in Greensboro, North Carolina, who said he can hear us. Well, good. Thank you, David.
0: Good, David. Well, now this is the reason why we're learning how Walden did this one. Walden's second computer was updating, so Walden turned down the second computer pot. Well I didn't realize that Patricia heard on the second computer. So in order for the caller to hear Patricia, I gotta have that pot open. So no wonder they couldn't hear that.
6: <laughs> I can sure hear you. Oh okay.
0: good. Now I can turn myself down. That way you're not uh-huh. you're not killed. Okay.
6: Yeah. All right.
0: How about that, Patricia? That Keep going up. Hello, hello, hello.
6: Up, not down.
1: Yoo-hoo. Keep me. counting. One, two, three, four, five,
6: six, now you're gone. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, well then. Uh-huh. Where did you go?
0: 1 Stop. Okay.
6: Stop at 11.
0: Okay. All right. I, I love to play with your buttons. No,
6: stop at eight. <laughs> 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 you count so softly, and then you say, okay, hello. I,
0: guess I love to play with Patricia's buttons. She's so good. Oh,
6: boy. Oh, boy. You sure know how to push my buttons, Bucko. <laughs> 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 well,
0: we can th- we can take phone calls if you like, because now I know, something w- I know something now that I should never be doing before, just not turn that thing down, so... So, oh. that's, that's,
6: good. So, so there. Yeah. So there. So we want people to say hello and Merry Christmas. And if they don't, I'm going to read more Christmas stuff. Good.
0: Well, up to you. Now, now it's almost one o'clock. And we, we, it's, you know, how long do you, you want to mm-hmm. stay? You want to stay on for another two minutes? One minute? Five minutes? You tell me.
6: Or, or a few. Okay. A few. A few. You can
0: give Patricia a call. She can hear you now. You can hear her now, because she heard you before. <laughs> right. But so now
6: that we're almost ready to, to <laughs> say good night, you can call, so and you'll be able to hear us. That's
0: right. Someone that four, marvelous? five four five two oh five two zero seven one. We do good. Really good with a blind engineer. We're, you know, even, you know, good thing I have an IQ of two of, of, of a dollar ninety eight. So we're able to figure this all <laughs> out.
6: Oh, well, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, who was the first president to use electric lights on a Christmas tree inside the White House?
0: Uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. Oh. Oh, okay. Goodness. Franklin Delano Roosevelt.
6: No, much farther back, much further back.
0: Grover Cleveland Alexander.
6: Yes. Grover, Cleveland, 1895, was the first president to use electric lights on a Christmas tree inside the White House.
0: How about that?
6: Yeah. Uh, Tell me the first year Rockefeller Center had a Christmas tree lighting.
1: Hmm.
0: A formal one, I'm assuming, what they're talking about. I think... Nin, uh, 1923
6: 33 That was very good. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed much much later than that. Mm-hmm. So you you did well. Because
0: I'm thinking, Den- I, I was thinking of the uh, the Rockets and all those theaters and that.
1: Uh, th- mm-hmm.
0: th- that time I was thinking. So. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
6: <laughs> the Rockefellers and the Rockets are not related. <laughs> They're not. They're not related. (laughs) Oh, you're so funny. You are so funny. In 1942, however, and this is from my brain, so I hope it's right. Mm -hmm. uh, In 1942, Rockefeller Center had three Christmas trees. They had one decorated in red, one in white, and one in blue as a wartime effort to support our troops. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that cool?
0: Very nice. I liked
6: that a lot. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let me see what else I have for you here. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The world's first singing commercial. Telling you about it.
0: Um. It? It's the one with Ernest and Harris singing. We were the uh, how you do, everybody, how you do. The woven, or, or, the weaving, woven pairs.
6: Really? <laughs> you <laughs> lost me halfway through there. <laughs> if I didn't have an answer in front of me I'd believe every word you said. Could you say it with such authority? First singing commercial aired yeah. on Christmas Eve nineteen twenty six and it was for Fleetie's cereal.
0: You so you have the voic and I have you sing it to us?
6: I d I don't have any idea how it <laughs> sounded. Well, I mean, 1926.
0: You you, you have a beautiful vo- singing voice, so, ladies and gentlemen, here is was her opera <laughs> debut. Wee
6: <Weedies. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> We will do weedies, Yes. Let's see. What what have we got here I to get us through? That, that yeah. Oh my goodness. In 2001. The, this is far back, Guinness World Book of Records, Guinness Book of World Records. I always get that backwards. The, there was a town in Poland who attempted to get a position in the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest gingerbread house. It was made in, I cannot pronounce this, I will say, sesh, <laughs> I won't say it. It's, it's S-Z, C-Z. E-C-I-N, Poland. 4,000 loaves of brick-shaped gingerbread that measured 11 feet high. It took a week to create it, and it used 6,000 eggs and 2,000 pounds of flour, plus 550 pounds of shortening, and they lost to an American team. (laughs) I don't know what the American team baked, though, but it was bigger than 11 feet high. A ton of flour. 2,000 pounds of flour. I hope they made it in an open-air square so people could come up and just take a chunk when they went shopping.
0: That'd be a nice Christmas gift, huh?
6: Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Indeed.
0: Actually, actually, that would probably be a big big success if somebody had an outdoor cooking event. Mm -hmm. And so people who go shopping can go by and pick up their... A little sweet, a little sandwich that mm-hmm. they go on the
6: house. I, I saw pictures of the competition for the world's largest pizza, and oh, it I filled that an entire.
0: Yeah,
6: it was a time a town square, and people would go by and grab a chunk of pizza. I don't know, sitting out in the sun and having people's hands all over it. It didn't look particularly <laughs> appetizing to <laughs> me, but it looked like people were having a good time, just ripping chunks of pizza <laughs> <laughs> off the town square. Oh, fun, 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 fun. Okay. In early England, there was a traditional Christmas dinner. had one particular item on it, and it was prepared with mustard. What do you think that item was? Huh. Mustard? It was prepared with mustard. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Hamburgers. The I head know. of a pig. Oh. I know. That
0: doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound too tasty, does it?
6: It doesn't sound appetizing. I bet they saved a lot of money on groceries yeah. that day. Yeah. Sheesh. Ooh. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Alright, let's see. Which state was the first to recognize Christmas as an official holiday? Not a federal holiday, but an official holiday.
0: Nebraska.
6: <gasps> no. Jeez. Aren't you sad that you missed out on that
0: one? <laughs> it, was the, it, uh-oh. it was the great state of New Jersey.
6: It was the great state of Alabama. Ah. 1836. How about that?
0: That's not bad. Not bad at all for Alabama to do huh. that.
6: I don't know what they're going to do about this this year, but the busiest shopping days of the year are the Friday and Saturday before Christmas. Mm -hmm. I guess they can still do that this year because Sunday is Christmas Eve, right?
0: Right. Okay.
6: Oh, yeah, so they can still do that, Friday and Saturday. Get out there and do your shopping, but wait long enough to get all the good sales when the prices start coming down and don't get sick by breathing (laughs) in other people's germs while you're out there. Oh, oh. okay, let me see. An artificial spider and web are often included in the decorations on Ukrainian Christmas trees. A spider web found on Christmas morning is believed to bring good luck. So they don't take any chances. They make their own. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Okay. Well, it is 101 on the East Coast.
0: I will let you, cause you stayed on after late right last night, so we'll let yeah. you.
6: Yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of, um, we had too much fun. I didn't did. want to go home. Yeah. So, so t- tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah, Patricia, I will be back tomorrow with you. Yeah. And I'll bring my power cord and keep my computer plugged in okay. so that I can keep it open for a million years instead of just one. <laughs>
0: All right, my dear. Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday.
6: Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody! We're coming back for more. Good night, Walden. Good
0: night, Patricia. All right. All right. And we'll see. We're pulling stuff out for CDs. See what I'm putting together. I'm hoping this is what I'm hoping for. We're pointing things from a CD tonight. And let's load this up. Get that. I'm hoping for the ABC Christmas party, but let's see if I, if we're right about that, or not.
7: A full 90 minutes of Christmas Eve fun! Oh, good.
0: Okay. Alright, well, we're gonna be doing that. Well, I gotta pick up CDs off the floor. And, so that's okay. I don't know how I did that mess. Let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful Christmas season. Thank you for the opportunity we have to gather and have fellowship. Bless bless Patricia as she is doing so well. Look after her. Thank her for all the gifts she brings us of her personality and charisma and her enthusiasm. Bless our listening family out there, Lord. Help them. Make him feel happy and comfortable and warm tonight. Thank you for Kurt. Bless him. Heal him, Lord. We ask this. Help his family, too, if they get through illness. Help a lot of families. Help my mama with her bladder issues and my dad with his back. And Help everybody else who's got physical issues. Help all of us who have financial difficulties this time. Bless them, Lord. Give them resources to do you well. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here we are. Christmas Eve, 1946. The Paul Whiteman Christmas Eve Special. There was one in 1945, which was an hour, but this one was a blockbuster. And something I've always enjoyed listening to. So with that, the Paul Whiteman Christmas Eve on ABC with many, many stars for the next 90 minutes here on Yesterday USA.
7: A full 90 minutes of Christmas Eve fun at Paul Whiteman's ABC Christmas party. Yes, tonight we're gathered coast to coast under the American Broadcasting Company's giant yuletide tree for a Paul Whiteman ABC Christmas party a full hour and a half of fun. So hang your stockings by your loudspeaker and get ready to receive such presents from your favorite ABC stars, such as... From Hollywood. Bing Crosby, Don Wilson, Kenny Baker, Don McNeil, Tom Brenneman, and Luman Abner. From Miami. Walter Winchell. From New York. Henry Morgan, Basil Rathbone, Geraldine Fitzgerald, Patrice Munsell, The Fat Man, Eugenie Baird, The Whiteman Orchestra, and chorus. And here's our host, music director of the American Broadcasting Company and dean of modern American music, Santa Claus in person, Paul Whiteman.
8: Thank you, thank you. And as a poet once said, "'Tis the night before Christmas, so greetings to all. If you sit back and listen, we'll have a big ball. Your stockings all hung by the speaker with care, we'll fill to the top with top... The air. So, mother and daughter and father and son, the party's all ready now. Let's have some fun. And that's only the beginning. As we go along, we mean to fill your stockings with stars. For instance, I look into my pack here, and what do I find? The ambassador from Broadway to the world. And we know you'll want to hear the special Christmas editorial that could be delivered only by the editor of the Juergens Journal, Walter Winchell. So come in, Miami, and Walter Winchell.
3: Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. Everybody. This is your New York correspondence report on Christmas 1946. The holiday glow warms our land. Our cities, towns, villages, and whistle stops are alive with good cheer. The night sings with the sound of yuletide bells, and the fingertips of trees are bejeweled with gleaming and dancing lights. Families are feasting on love and friendship. Laughter ripples in the throats of little children, Jack and Jill, and Jane and Jimmy. And a home becomes a cathedral tonight. Composers have put the magic of Christmas to music. Poets have sung its dreams and words. But the meaning of Christmas can be defined in one word. Brotherhood. A really beautiful word. And a wonderful ideal. In fact, it is the password to peace and goodwill. If all of us define that word, brotherhood, with our lives, the politicians and the warriors who crawl this earth would go out of business overnight because you could then tear up all their so-called charters and pacts and treaties and make confetti of them all to celebrate the approach of paradise. You see, it is as simple as love thy neighbor The strongest man was the gentlest. His truths will always comfort and inspire those who have faith in him. His faith has never been more urgent. The star of Christmas remains the beacon for men of goodwill who seek peace. And the way to peace is as close as the nearest Bible. We will have peace when people remember that there are many different nations, but one universe. We will have peace when people know that there are many different religions, but one God, and when people remember that all of us came from the same dust. There is not one single social problem that cannot be solved by the Ten Commandments. There is not one single economic or political problem that cannot be solved by the Sermon on the Mount. And the best plan for universal amity is the golden rule. This weary world must rededicate itself to the greatest power of all, devotion to God. We can find our way through the uncertain future by following the road that began at Bethlehem, The place to start that journey is in your own heart. Good night and a very Merry Christmas.
9: Paul Whiteman has more ABC stars to put in your Christmas stocking, so we
8: return you to New York. Thank you, Walter Winchell.
2: Is this the way
10: to Paul Whiteman's ABC Christmas party?
8: No, young lady, this ain't the way to it. This is it.
10: (laughs) Well, then I have a Christmas card for you. Here it is.
8: Uh, Let me see. This card says... uh... As a gift to be placed in the stocking of every ABC listener, the Metropolitan Opera Association presents its youngest prima donna, Patrice Munsell. <laughs> We're glad to have you, Patrice, and all I can say is this. When lovely girls like you become opera singers, why did I have to take up jazz?
10: <laughs> well, you might be surprised, Pops, at the number of opera stars who are personal pals of Minnie the Moochers. But the Texas Company's Saturday afternoon Metropolitan Opera broadcasts are very popular with ABC listeners. So tonight, I'd like to place an operatic gift in their stocking.
8: Well, good. And in my opinion, no young lady in or out of the opera can fill a stocking better than lovely Patrice Monselle. <laughs> but you tell us about your gift, Patrice.
10: Well, I think one of the most popular of all coloratura arias is the polonaise from the opera Mignon. It's lilting, light-hearted, and gay. And it's called Je suis Titania. I am fair to Tanya. With Paul Whiteman's help, here it is.
2: (laughs) H pir Fußball ù l� attaches Oh, am going to go to the top of the top of the top of the top
8: Patrice Munsell, and may all your Christmases be bright. Ah, but our Santa Claus pack is still bulging with gifts. So
11: hey, just uh, a minute, you, just a minute.
8: Yeah, what can I do for you? Tall, dark, and uh, fatter than I am.
11: I'm looking for a cat or a swine. And when I find this arch criminal, I'll break every bone in his body. But who are you, fatso? What's your name? The name, sir,
8: is J. Scott Smart. Oh, of course, you're ABC's famous Monday Detective,
11: the Fat Man. <laughs> yes, Paul, that's right. But when uh, porchy Pop Whiteman calls the Fat Man fat, that's a case of the Pop calling the kettle black. Hey, eh, Fatso? <laughs> Just so, Fatso, but uh, about this criminal you're trailing, are you Serious about that? (laughs) Deadly serious, Paul. And this is the way it all came about. It started in my office around 8, Christmas Eve. I was finishing up some odds and ends, so I'd have time the next day for a yuletide dinner and a couple of hours of relaxation. Suddenly, the door opened, and a man walked in. Maybe "walk" is the wrong word to use. Crawled or slithered would be better, because he looked like a guy with one foot in the grave and the other on a blob of motor oil. With his eyes pinned on mine, he came up to my desk. Touching a small scrap of paper in his trembling hand.
8: You? You're the fat man?
11: Yes, that's right.
8: My name's Alex. Alex who? Alex is enough.
11: What's on your mind, Alex? i got a job for you. On Christmas Eve?
8: This job can't wait. It's got to be cracked by midnight. It pays off, too, in spades.
11: What's it all about? You better prepare for a jolt, fat man. Well, I'm used to jolts.
8: I don't care what you're used to. This is like getting a slug in a solar plexus.
11: Stop pinning that crepe on my ears and come out with it. All right, fat man. I only hope you can take it. Here, here, just read. What's on this paper? I unfolded the piece of paper he handed me and read five words. He said I'd get a slug in the solar plexus when I read it. But, brother, how he underestimated. Those five simple words... I squeezed the breath out of my lungs like a punctured inner tube. And I felt my spine get icy cold. <coughs> who wrote this?
8: I don't know. That's why I'm here. You're the guy who's got to find
11: out. Does anyone else know? I don't think so. Not yet. The papers would be full of it by now.
8: But you got to get the guy who
3: wrote that fat man. you got to nab him fast. do Don't you see what this means?
11: Don't you understand? Do you think I'm an idiot? Of course I understand. I've got an idea who's behind it, too. Yeah? There's only one man I know of who'd be tough enough and mean enough for a job like this. Bug-Eye Louie. <coughs> Bug-Eye? You've heard of him? I guess everybody's heard of Bug-Eye. Sure. His reputation's lower than a sewer. He'd stick his, a knife in his grandmother for a plugged nickel. He'd set fire to a hospital for a ten-cent cigar. You got nerve enough to see him, run you? He doesn't scare me. But first, I'm doing a little checking up. The missing persons bureau, the morgue, and every flophouse in the city. Then, I'm having myself a talk with Bug Eye. <coughs> for the next three hours, I went through the city like a vacuum cleaner, looking for information. As far as I could make out, Alex and I were the only ones who had the dope. But if it ever leaked out, A little before midnight I dropped into the fallen angel I stepped up to the bar and then had a casual look around The joint was mobbed with the usual crowd half of them packing guns The place was tough and the clientele was even tougher It seemed like a likely place get buried from. Then I noticed something else a few feet away from me at the bar. She was tall, slim, and beautiful in a strapless evening gown. But her eyes were two pieces of dry ice. She looked at me and I looked at her and she slid over
10: Hello, fat man.
11: Well, who are you, sweetheart? Brenda. Brenda what?
10: Just Brenda's enough.
11: Doesn't anyone ever have a last name anymore?
10: Looking for someone, fat man?
11: Yeah, baby. Bug-Eye Louie. What's on your mind? That's my business, and bug-eyes. You'd better be careful coppers
10: are poison, the bug eye
11: i don't get much of an appetite with his kind either sweetheart i've got a gun that can talk his language
10: listen fat man take a tip from me get out of here while they're getting good
11: you heard a fat man you better take her advice well bug eye louis good evening yeah what's good about it not you I was hoping I'd meet up with you one day. The feeling was mutual. Don't
10: start anything, honey. Nothing
11: here. You keep quiet. That's not a nice way to talk to a lady. Well, you find out how I talk to a gent. Don't reach for your gun, bug eye.
5: What are you doing here, fat man? What do you want?
11: An explanation. For what? For this.
5: Oh, so it
3: got back to you, huh?
11: I'll say it did. Now, out with it, you murderous weasel. Is it true or isn't it?
3: You'll find out in just a few seconds.
11: It's midnight.
5: <laughs>
11: sure. All right, Rat, start marching. You're on your way to headquarters. Says who?
2: Bug Eye, no, don't you? Runyon, come out here quick!
11: What's up, Alex? Come
2: out and look, he's here!
11: What's that? By a guy's nuts. It's a
12: lie, Runyon! Bug Eye was lying! It's okay now, everything's okay! Where is he? Up there! Just coming around behind the top of that building!
11: I have all a double-crossing! It's a good thing for you, my flat-headed friend, that you did get a double cross a good thing for you the five words on this paper weren't true
10: what five words what does that paper say
11: there ain't no sandy claws. <laughs> yes that was a night to remember my blood still runs cold when I think of what might have happened if the old boy hadn't been on time we all stared up into that sky with a feeling of relief and joy Even Bug Eye seemed to soften, and his face took on a funny smile. As I turned and started walking slowly back to my apartment for a good night's rest, I heard his grating, pebbly voice behind me as he called out,
12: Merry Christmas, Fat (laughs) Man!
8: Now the next gift we want to put in your radio stocking is something very special. She's a beautiful actress who's also a very fine singer. And just to show you how I feel about her, I'm going over right now and try to date her up. Uh, pardon me, miss. Uh, Didn't I meet you at Atlantic City?
13: Dear me, what a very corny approach.
8: (laughs) Corny? What do you mean corny?
13: Before you say a thing like that, Junior, you're supposed to give a wolf whistle. A tweet,
8: a tweet. (laughs) Ha ha. And there she is, guest of the party. She's lovely, she uses bubblegum, and she's not engaged. Nine-year-old Joan Laser. (laughs) And now, Joan, suppose you tell us about your Christmas gift (coughs) to our ABC listeners.
13: It's Ken Darby's very special musical setting of the grand old poem, for the night before Christmas. As only Pops Whitening can present it.
8: And right now, starring our nomination for Miss America of 1956, Joan Lazer. <laughs>
12: See what was the matter? Away to the window, I flew like a flash, threw open the shutters, threw open the sash. from a dash away, dash away, dash away, dash away
1: all.
12: Oh. So up to the tops the coursers, they flew with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof all the clattering noise of each galloping hook. I drew in my head and was
13: turning around When down the chimney he came with a bow His eyes, how they twinkled, twinkled, twinkled so His dimples, how merry His cheeks were like roses a cherry, all wrinkled with foam cruel little
12: mouth was drawn up like a bull
13: the beard on his face chin was as white as the snow.
12: The stump of a little old pipe he held tight in his teeth. And the smoke went around and around and around his head like a reed. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old, jolly old elf. And a left and a left and a left when I saw him in spite of myself. He had a broad face oh, oh. <laughs> and a little round belly. Oh, oh. That's just when he laughed, oh, oh like a bowl full of jelly, Oh T oh, he, he gave me a wink of his eye and a twist of his head
1: A chuckle and a smile I knew all the while I had nothing to dread
2: He spoke not a word
14: But went straight to his work And filled all the stockings and turned with a jerk <laughs> <laughs> Then laying a finger aside side of his nose <laughs> And giving a nod Up the
12: chimney he holds <laughs> He sprang to his sleigh To his team Gave a whistle And away they all flew down of a thistle, but I heard him exclaim where he drove.
13: Children are nestled all snug in their wee little bay. While visions of sugar plums dance in their wee little hay.
15: Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap are settled at last.
16: Guesting company
7: is filling your stocking with stars as you listen to Paul Whiteman's ABC Christmas Party. Now here's Paul Whiteman himself to tell you about the present still in his Santa Claus pack.
8: That's right, men and women of goodwill. And we hope there's still room in your radio stocking for such stars as... Bing Crosby, Henry Morgan, Basil Rathbone, Geraldine Fitzgerald,
7: Don Wilson, Tom Brenneman, Don McNeil, Kenny Baker, and Lumman Edner. And right now, it's Eugenie Baird and Paul Whiteman and his orchestra and chorus in jingle
17: bells Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. They are two ago go. I thought I'd take a ride. i Fanny Bright. I was seated by my side. The horse was lean
12: and light.
17: Open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. Now the ground is white. Go it while you're young. Take the girls tonight. And sing this sleighing song. Just get a bobtail nag to forty for his speed. Then hitch him to an open sleigh and crack. You'll take the lead. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way.
8: Christmas Eve is traditional for good little children, but right now, digging down in the bottom of our pack, we come upon a bad little boy named Henry Morgan. Here at ABC, we've done our best with Henry, but you know how those things are. Just the other day, he offered to give his listeners radio vice presidents. The thin ones for bookmarks, and the fat ones for doorstops. So as you can see, there's nothing to say about Henry except that... uh,
18: Good evening, anybody. Here's Morgan. (laughs) Christmas Eve seems like a pretty good time to look back for a moment and see what it was that brought me and the Eversharp Chick Company together. I want to wish you and them the best of everything tonight, but somehow I'll never forget the day I finally got in to see the vice president of the company (laughs) Who was very anxious to sponsor this program that he'd heard about He had this big, impressive office, see With a lot of books and pictures
19: And when I came in, he said How do you do? Uh, uh, what's your name? Uh, Look, um, what kind of program is this uh, program of yours like anyways, huh? Well, it's... i uh, tell you what we need here. You see, now, um, what we need here is a good bloody detective show, you know what I mean?
18: Yes, yes. Uh, perhaps you mean uh, something like this. Now you got me back in this corner, mushhead Maloney, with a door locked and no windows and 100 feet off the ground and soundproof walls and you got a gun and I ain't and we're 12 miles from town and I'm bleeding to death. Well, what will happen now? Will Sam Shovel be able to get out of this? Will a mysterious stranger return? And what of little Murgatroyd? Who is Sylvia? (laughs) How deep is the ocean? What time is it? Who won the fourth at Hialeah? Uh... Is that uh, sort of what you had in mind?
19: Uh, not exactly. No. You see, what we really need is more of the um, audience participation type show. You know what I mean? Where you know where the people say them funny answers.
18: Oh, um, uh, maybe you mean something like this.
19: And hey, what's your name, sir? Smith, eh?
12: Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> Simply great. And how long you been married, Mr. Smith? Oh, I
18: see. Got a divorce yesterday, huh? Ha <laughs> ha fine. Give him a little hand, folks. <laughs> and here you are, sir. For being a brilliant guy and a wonderful sport and a great little guy and a brilliant guy. Here's a case of scotch, a new Cadillac, and a poster chair, a deck of marked cards, and all the land west of the Mississippi River <laughs> Is, uh,
19: that what you had in mind? Uh, not exactly, no <laughs> No, it, um, it needs more of, uh, you know Like a news commentator, maybe
18: I see, uh, you mean, uh, something like this It was predicted in this column last month, mind you, that this month would be December. (laughs) Later, it was reprinted in somebody else's column. (laughs) This boy thinks he should get the credit, but I said it first, I said it first, I said it first. Ha! I got it first (laughs) from our next president, J. Edgar Hoover. Is that what you
19: had in mind? Uh, not exactly, no. <laughs> you, know, you see, it'd be better if uh, you had some dialects in it, you know what I mean? Oh,
18: dialects, uh. Uh, yes. Uh, you mean uh, something like this? We want to wish you all a very merry Christmas and a happy New Year. Uh no. <laughs> Higher, maybe. We want to wish you a very merry Christmas and a very happy New York. No, no. Madame Espieu, fell you with me, my heart with joy Uh-uh. Comrade.
2: No, no.
1: <laughs>
16: Ladies and gentlemen. Nope.
3: Hey, Pat, did you hear the one about the two Irishmen?
18: No, can't see that I have.
3: Well, that's us.
18: Is that what you mean?
19: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Except that it should have an orchestra and some jokes, you know what I mean?
18: Well, to tell you the truth, I'm afraid I don't get it. What is it that you really want?
19: Well, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. <laughs>
8: Here at the American Broadcasting Company We're all very proud of the full hour Sunday evening program Known as the Theater Guild of the Air We hope we're not being immodest Because a great many of you listeners Have backed up our belief That it's the most distinguished Dramatic program in all radio This party wouldn't be complete Without a visit from the United States Steels' Programme the Theater Guild on the Air. So we are proud to present Basil Rathbone and Geraldine Fitzgerald in an adaptation of Stephen Vincent Benet's little miracle play, *A Child Is Born*. <laughs>
14: There is
18: a town where men and women live their lives as people do in troubled times. Times when the world is shaken. There is an inn. A woman sings there in the early morning.
20: In Bethlehem of Judea, there shall be born a child. A Child born of woman, as yet undefiled. King Herod, King Herod. Now what will you say of the child in the stable this cold winter day? I hear the wind blowing. Singing again?
16: I told you not to sing.
20: I'm sorry. I forgot.
16: Forgot? That's fine. That's wonderful. That answers everything. The times are hard enough and bad enough for anyone who tries to keep an inn get enough bread to stick in his own mouth and keep things going somehow in his town. The country's occupied. We have no country. You've heard of that, perhaps. You've seen their soldiers, haven't you? You know just what can happen to our sort of people once there's a little trouble. Answer me. I'm
20: sorry. I forgot.
16: Sorry. Forgot. They're always saying that. Is your business what King Herod does? Is your place to sing against King Herod?
20: I think that he must be a wicked man. A very
16: wicked man. Oh, la, la, la. Sometimes I think your ways will drive me mad. Are you a statesman or a general? Do you pretend to know the ins and outs of politics and why the great folk do the things they do and why we have to bear them? Because it's we, we. We who have to bear them, first and last and always, in every country and every time grind us like dry wheat between the stones. Don't you know that?
20: I know that somehow kings should not be wicked and grind down the people. I know that kings like Herod should not be.
16: Still, there he is. He's king. Now, will it help if I go out and write on someone's wall down with King Herod? What's it worth? A cross to me? The whipping post for you. The inns burned down. The village fined for treason just because one man didn't like King Herod. Uh, well, that's the way things are.
20: Something must come.
16: Oh, believe it if you choose. But meanwhile, if we are clever, we can live and even thrive a little. Clever wheat that slips between the grinding stones and grown in little green blades sprinkles on the ground. At least if you'll not sing subversive songs to other people but your poor old husband. Uh, Come, wife, I've got some news. The prefect comes to dinner here tonight. Of all his officers. Oh, yes, I know the enemy, of course, the enemy. But someone has to feed them. Why do you sit there, staring at the fire, so silent and so waiting and so still?
20: I do not know. I'm waiting.
16: Waiting? For what?
20: I do not know. For something new and strange. Something I've dreamt about in some deep sleep, truer than any waking. Heard about. Long ago, so long ago. In sunshine, and the summer grass of childhood, when the sky seems so near. I do not know its shape its will, its purpose and yet all day its will has been upon me more real than any voice I ever heard more real than yours or mine or our dead child more real than all the voices there upstairs brawling above their cup more real than light and there is light in it and fire and peace Newness of heart and strangeness like a sword. And all my body trembles under it. And yet, I do not know.
16: You're tired, my dear. Well, we shall sleep soon.
20: No, I am not tired. I am expectant. For us all, for all of us who live and suffer on this little earth with such small brotherhood. Something begins. Something is full of change and sparkling stars. Something is loosed that changes all the world. And yet, I cannot read it yet. I wait and strive and cannot find it. Hark, what's that?
16: They can't come in. I don't care who they are. We have no room.
20: Go to the door.
16: Well? Is this the inn?
3: Sir, we are travelers, and it is late and cold. May we enter? Who is it?
16: Just a pair of country people, a woman and a man. I'm sorry for them, but... My uh, wife
3: and I are weary. May we come in?
16: I'm sorry, my good man. We have no room tonight. The prefect's orders. No room at all? No, no, it's not my fault.
20: Wait. Good sir, the enemy are in our house and we. Oh. I did not see your wife. I did not know.
14: Her
3: name is Mary. She is near her time.
2: Yes, yes.
20: Go, get a lantern, quickly. What? Quickly. There is... uh, We have a stable at the inn, safe from the cold at least. And if you choose, you shall be very welcome. It's poor. But the poor share the poor their crumbs of bread out of God's hand so gladly. And that may count for something. Will you share it?
3: Gladly, and with great joy.
20: The lantern, husband. Nay,
3: I will take it. I can see the path. Come.
18: The night deepens. The stars march in the sky. The prefect's men are gone. The inn is quiet. But in the street outside, the shepherds from the hills, voices raised to the glory of the star, moved humbly past the inn to the stable all living flowed. The shepherds and great kings with strange and memorable beasts and crowns upon their heads.
16: other inn. They follow the poor shepherds to the stable.
20: They would not tarry with us. No, not one. And yet? Peace, husband. You know well enough why none would tarry with us, and so do I. I lay a while in sleep, and a voice said to me, Gloria, Gloria, Gloria in excelsis Dale. The child is born. The child, the child is born. And yet? I did not rise up and go to him, though I had waited and expected long. For I was jealous that my child should die and her child live. And so I have my judgment, and it is just.
16: If there was any fault, wife, it was mine. I did not wish to turn them from my door, and yet I know I love the chink of money, love it too well, the good sound thumping coin, love it, oh, God, since I'm speaking truth better than wife or fire or chick or child, better than country, better than good fame, would sell my people for it in the street. Oh, for a price, but sell them. There are many like me, and God pity us.
20: God pity us, indeed. For we are human and do not always see the vision when it comes, the shining change. Or if we see it, do not follow it, because it is too hard, too strange, too new. Too unbelievable, too difficult, warring too much with common easy ways. And now I know this, standing in this light. Life is not lost by dying. Life is lost minute by minute, day by dragging day, in all the thousand small, uncaring ways, the smooth, appeasing compromises of time, which are King Herod and King Herod's men always and always. You who love money. You who love yourself. You who love bitterness. And I, who loved and lost and thought I could not love again. And all the people of this little town, rise up. The loves we had were not enough. Something is loose to change the shaken world. And with it, we
5: must change. Now that's well said. Who speaks there? Who are you? Who? Oh, my name is Dismas. I'm a thief. You know, the starved bitten sort of boy who haunts dark alleyways in any town, sleeps on a fruit sack, runs from the police, begs what he can, and borrows what he must. That's me. What have you taken? Nothing. I tried the stable first, and then your cellar. Slipped in, crept up, rolled underneath the bench, while all your honest backs were turned. And then... And then... But something happened. I don't know what. I didn't see your shepherds or your kings. But in the stable, I did see the child. Just through a crack in the boards. One moment's space. That's all that I can tell you. Is he for me as well? Is he for me?
20: For you as well.
5: Has he come to all of us or just to you?
20: To every man alive.
5: If it were true, if he had really come to all of us, I say to all of us, then honest man or thief, I'd hang upon a cross for him. Would you? I see that I've said something you don't like, something uncouth and bold and terrifying. And yet I'll tell you this, it won't be till each one of us is willing, not you, not me, but every one of us to hang upon a cross for every man who suffers, starves and dies fight his sore battles as they were our own and help him from the darkness and the mire that there will be no crosses and no tyrants, no herods and no slaves. Well, it was pleasant thinking things might be so. And so I'll say farewell. I've taken nothing. And he was a fair child to look on. Wait. Why? Why? What is it you see there by the window?
20: The dawn. The common day. The ordinary, poor, and mortal day. The shepherds and the kings have gone away. The great angelic visitors are gone. He is alone. He must not be alone.
16: I do not understand you, wife. Nor I.
20: Do you not see? Because I see at last. Dismas, the thief, is right. He comes to all of us or comes to none. Do you not see? He must not be alone.
16: I think, that I begin to see. And yet...
20: We are the earth, his word must sow like wheat. And if it finds no earth, it cannot grow. We are his earth. The mortal and the dying, led by no star. The sullen and the slut. The thief, the selfish man, the barren woman. Who have betrayed him once and will betray him. Forget his word be great a moment's space under the strokes of chance and then sink back into our small affairs. And yet, unless we go, his message fails.
16: Will he bring peace? Will he bring brotherhood?
20: He will bring peace. He would bring brotherhood. And yet, he will be mocked at in the streets.
16: Will he slay King Herod and rule us all?
20: He will not slay King Herod. He will die. There will be other herod, other tyrants, great wars and ceaseless struggles to be free, not always won.
16: Uh, these are sad tidings of him.
20: No, no, they're glad tidings of great joy, because he brings man's freedom in his hands. And though he dies, his word shall grow like wheat. And every time a child is born in pain and love, and freedom hardly won, born and gone forth to help and aid mankind, There will be women with a right to say Gloria, Gloria in excelsis Deo A child is born Come, let us go What can we bring to him? What mortal gift?
5: My pocket's empty and my rags are bare But I can sing to him That's what I'll do And if he needs a thief to die for him
16: I will give all my gold I will give my heart
20: And I, my faith, through all the years and years. Though I forget, though I am led astray, though after this I never see his face, I will give all my faith. Come, let us go. We, the poor earth, but we the faithful earth. Not yet the joyful, not yet the triumphant, but faithful, faithful through the mortal years. Come.
15: Come all ye faith
8: Performance on a fitting theme. To Basil Rathbone and Geraldine Fitzgerald, our blessings and our thanks. But right now, a lot of fine people out in Hollywood are waiting to share in our Christmas Eve fun. How about it, Hollywood? Come in, Don Wilson.
0: See what happened. This is yesterday USA. We'll be featuring the next part. Okay. Yes. Hit that. Put this here. Grab that here. the CD player works.
9: That was really wonderful, Pops. Now you and the Whiteman Band and all your New York guests can squat around the ABC Christmas tree, while out here in Hollywood we take over our portion of the party. And we have a lot of your favorite old friends here with us for this occasion. Bing Crosby, Lummon Abner, Tom Brenneman, and Don McNeil, and our first ABC guest, that grand singer and exciting new comedian, Kenny Baker!
21: Wilson, and thank you, everybody. But, Don, I'm afraid I haven't too much time to spend with you this evening. You see, I've got to get back to Glamour Manor and get ready for my own Christmas party.
9: Well, that's all right, Kenny. We were sort of expecting a song, but if you're in a hurry, I'll sing. Yeah. Oh,
21: Don, you're kidding. Oh, no,
9: I'm not. I started in radio as a singer.
21: Yeah, and all that's left now is the body of Frank Sinatra. <laughs>
9: Well, I'm serious, Kenny. I started in Denver in 1923 as a singer. Oh, you did? And in some places, I'm considered even bigger than Crosby.
21: Yeah. In some places, you are bigger than Crosby. (laughs) In fact, Don, you've got places where places aren't even supposed to be. Oh, you think I'm fat? Well, what are those things around your middle, tires? Well, they're not fat. Then what are they? Yeah. No wonder. You have the only belt buckle in Los Angeles that lights up and flashes good rich silver towns.
9: <laughs> well, Kenny, since you can't stay and I have to go to the hotel and get some fresh clothes, how about all of us dropping over to Glamour Manor a little later on, huh? Oh,
21: Don, that'd be wonderful. And bring the whole ABC network with you, will you? Gee, well, ain't radio uh... wonderful folks.
9: That's a date, Kenny. All right. How are the Christmas preparations uh, going on over at our little hotel?
21: Well, fine, Don, except for one thing. I can't get used to Christmas in Hollywood. You know, no snap in the air, no snow. What do you mean? It's
9: good and cold in California. It says here in this
21: Florida paper. Yeah. Well, it's... <laughs> It could be, cold. I I don't really know, because a fan of Glamour Manor sent me a handmade quilt for my bed all the way from South Carolina. Oh, one of those Southern
9: comforts. Oh, an excellent (laughs) Christmas, sir.
21: Well, I see what
9: you mean, but as long (laughs) as I know that you're going to sing White Christmas, let's pause long enough for station identification.
21: All right, Don.
9: And now, Kenny Baker, accompanied by Harry Lubin's Orchestra. The nationwide party is all yours.
2: (laughs)
14: Children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. says be wise the sun is shining the grass is green the orange and palm trees sway there's never been such a day in Beverly Hills LA but it's December the 24th I am longing to be up north I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write May your day
9: seeing you just a little later when we drop in on the US Glamour Man. Well, so long, Don, and don't forget, that's a date Okay. Right. Well, what comes next is, I guess, something just a little new, even on a transcontinental radio program like this Christmas party. Because Tom Brenneman in Hollywood and Don McNeil in Chicago both have to be up with Santa Claus Reindeer in the morning to do their own two shows, And they're not with us this evening in the studio. But instead, we've run special lines into the living room of Tom Brenneman's house out here and to Don McNeil's family, gathering two-thirds of the way across the country. Not only so they can talk to each other and to you, but so they can both be with their families this Christmas Eve. So now that I've explained it, there's nothing left to do, but just have our engineer throw the switch, which takes us to Tom Brenneman's home at Encino, California.
3: Thank you, Don. Thanks, Don. Yeah. Well, as Don just told you, there's someone else to make this a joint party. (laughs) So I'll say hello to Don McNeil in the living room of his joint in Winnetka, Illinois.
22: Hello, Tom Brenneman. Merry Christmas from the Don McNeil family gathered here at home in our living room. But, you know, Tom, calling this dump, uh, uh, this home, uh, I've worked so hard for a joint. That wasn't the kindest introduction I've ever had. Oh, Don... Wait a minute.
3: Don't take it that way, Don. After all, it was only a joke in the spirit of the Christmas party.
22: Yeah, what a joke. I guess if that joke showed up as a guest on your program, you'd have to give it two orchids, huh? Merry Christmas, Tom.
3: Oh, thanks. Thank you very much, Don. But at least on my program, we don't have to march the audience around to wake them up again. Again, that is. Merry Christmas,
22: Don. Thank you, Tom. Well, I just bet you're a scream there tonight in your own home wearing funny-looking hats to make your family roar. (laughs) I can just see you. I don't have to wear anything. You say what? I don't have to wear anything.
4: Oh, isn't
3: it a little chilly that way in Chicago now?
22: (laughs) Yes, it is, Mm Don. Next month we pay the gas bill. You don't sound so hot yourself. Merry Christmas. Oh,
3: thank you, Don.
22: Thank you very much, Azit.
3: What do you mean, not so hot? Huh? I'm a movie star. My picture Breakfast in Hollywood was so big a success, the studio wants me to do another picture.
22: Well, you go right ahead. Don't you mind what everybody says about your last picture. I liked it. Mm-hmm. What's this one going to be, Lassie move over? Oh, no. You know, since
3: Don, yeah, you must show me the room where you age your old joke.
22: <laughs> well, seriously, Tom, you know, it's too doggone bad we don't have a chance to really visit in each other's homes, but this is the next best thing. It's well, talking to you. Neighbors, may this Christmas be the best one ever, and may the new year bring you all the things you want most for yourselves.
3: Well, th- thank you very much, Don. You know, it's great chinning with you on this Christmas Eve. And before you go, I've got a, f- a few in my family that I'd like to talk to a few in your family, huh? Oh, great. Put them on, Tom. Well, first, I want you to meet my w- wife. You've met, already met Billy.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And where's Kay? Hello, Billy. Hello, Kay. How uh, are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, oh, you, uh, I'm we'll just fine. Back know I've... <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do you like that? We don't get a chance, do we? Well, no,
3: we don't. It seems wonderful to hear your lovely laugh again.
2: Well, thank you. It's very nice talking to you, too. Well, thank you, Billy.
23: That'll be all. Goodbye. Merry,
2: Merry Christmas <laughs> to, Merry to you Christmas. to Don and the children. Merry Christmas to you also, all of you. Thank you.
22: you. Aren't you the boss in your house? Make your wife keep still, Tom.
2: Oh, he's not the boss.
22: (laughs) Are you kidding? (laughs) No. Say, Don. Yeah. How's the weather back there? Oh, it's fine. Nice and brisk and cold. How's it out there, Tom?
3: Oh, it's lovely. It's now about, uh, well, it's almost five minutes after eight, and it's raining cats and dogs. No fooling. Yes. Only we don't have dogs. (laughs) Don. Yeah. Here's the member of my family you have met... My charming daughter, Gloria.
6: How do you do, Miss? How do you do, Mr. McNeil? How do you do, Mr.
22: McNeil? You can call me Mr. McNeil. That's all right. How are, <laughs> how are you, Gloria?
6: Well, I'm just fine. Good.
22: I'd like you to meet uh, some of the younger go members... Come on, this American Broadcasting Company Christmas party. Of my so, family, uh, Tom. ladies and gentlemen, they're great, really Hi, great
14: Hi, Dory, families, I'm Tom McNeil. If we'd let Bobby. them, they'd Hello, go right John. on
9: talking until hey, New Year's everybody,
14: Eve. Everybody, so, you
9: say that we fade them I'm out Bobby. And
14: Bobby. as they go
9: on doing what comes naturally, oh, and we are. return to the ABC studios here in Hollywood? Hey. Now it's Harry Lubin's orchestra setting the pace with a topical, tuneful, and timely toy trumpet. Well, we have a date with visit Kenny Baker at Glamour Manor, the heartbreaking half-baked hostelry he operates on the outskirts of Hollywood. Outskirts of Hollywood? <laughs> Sorry, that must be a typographical error. In Hollywood, it's got to be out slacks. Well, <laughs> well, with a little help from Harry Lubin and the orchestra, we're on our way now to Kenny Baker and Glamour Manor.
21: Glamour Manor, 32 rooms and two baths. Kenny Baker, owner-manager, speaking. Over. What's that? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get your name. Who? I met you in a hospital? Oh, oh, hello, Mother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sure, you bet. Well, I wouldn't miss it. I'll be home with you tomorrow for Christmas dinner, yeah. Goodbye, dear.
9: Well, Kenny, here I am to find out what's going on at Glamour Manor on Christmas Eve. Where's Schlepp and Miss Biddle and Barbara?
21: Well, guys, Don, they're all out doing their last-minute Christmas shopping. But doesn't the hotel look swell?
9: Ah, uh, yes, it does, Kenny. But, hey, what's that suitcase doing over there in the middle of the lobby?
21: Oh, well, the man in 309 asked me to help him pack it, so I saved whom I packed him in it, too.
9: Yeah, but you left one of his arms sticking
21: out. Well, gee, how else would he be able to carry it? <laughs> oh, excuse me, Don. Hello? Hello? Grammar Manor, rates by the day, month of the week. When it rains in Hollywood, the hotel's up the creek. (laughs) Over the dam.
2: Hello? Hello, room clerk? Uh, What have you got in a single room?
21: A married couple. Now, that's no way to talk to a prospective guest, Kenny. Well, Don, the hotel's full up anyhow. I mean, I guess everyone's heard about our Christmas party and that each guest gets a free gift. Oh, really? Yeah. You're giving every guest a Christmas present, huh? Eh? Yeah, I certainly am. Would you like a book? Oh, I'd like that a lot. Well, swell. How about Little Women? I'd like that even better. Yeah. <laughs> what are you giving Miss Biddle? Well, Don, I'm I'm giving Miss Biddle a beautiful fur.
9: You giving Miss Biddle a beautiful fur? Sure. On whose money?
21: Mine. Why, do you think I'm cheap?
9: Well, all I know is that Barbara told me you invited her out last week. Dutch treat. Yeah.
21: Well, what's wrong with going Dutch?
9: Well, do you have to show up wearing wooden shoes? Oh, no. Just what kind of a fur are you getting, Miss Biddle, Kenny? Well,
21: I don't know yet, Don. I was busy when I saw Miss Biddle go out, so I gave the boy next door the money, and he went out and bought it and put it up in her room as a surprise. This
9: I have to see, and I have to go upstairs to my apartment, so I'll just slip into her room and look for myself.
21: Well, go ahead, Don, and... Tell me what you think of the fur. You know, I'm awfully anxious to find out. Okay, Kenny. I'll we'll be back in two shakes of a capstone. Yeah, Mr. okay.
2: Baker, Mr. Baker, I
21: have a bone to pick with you. Yes, you haven't put on a pound, have you, Mrs. Bindlestiff?
2: <laughs> Last
21: week, I gave you
20: a package to mail to my niece marked Fragile China. She just phoned me, but it never arrived.
21: Well, of course not. She won't get that package for at least a month. At least a month? Why not? Madam, have you any idea how far it is to fragile China?
1: (laughs) Oh,
2: Mr. Baker. You're a nincompoop. A complete nincompoop.
21: (laughs) See, I thought I had some parts missing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Kenny. Kenny. Kenny, something terrible's happened. What's the matter, Don? You look as pale as a sheet. Double bed size, of course.
9: (laughs) Oh, I'm not kidding, Kenny. I just went up to Miss Biddle's room and... There are no furs there. No furs? There's fir- nothing in her room but a little Christmas tree.
21: Oh, my goodness. This is awful, Don. Why, we've been robbed. Well, oh, that's what I think. We ought to call the police. Now, wait a minute. I should say not. I know how to solve crimes. What do you think I do nights when I can't sleep? Read detective stories? No, drink Overtine. <laughs> now, come on, Wilson. We're going up and solve that crime.
9: Well, now, you just better get a hold of yourself, Kenny. You're, you're kind of panicky, and you're, you're shaking more than the last man on a conga line.
21: Why, what are you talking about? There's never been a quitter in the Baker family. No, sir. My father used to tell me son the bakers don't know what it means to quit son the bakers don't know the meaning of failure son the bakers don't know what it means to be afraid i guess we were pretty a stupid family weren't we but <laughs> i'm gonna solve this crime or my name isn't roger strongheart
9: but your name isn't roger strongheart
21: i know i'm just leaving myself a loophole <laughs> now come on down we gotta go up to miss Biddle's room. <laughs> Kenny, open Miss Middle's door. Well, first, tell me one thing. Is there anybody in her room by the name of Ruth? Ruth? Of
9: course not.
21: Uh-huh. Just as I thought. Another ruthless crime.
9: <laughs> oh, Kenny.
1: <laughs>
21: Kenny, that's plain stupid. Oh, yeah? Well, I may see dumb to you, Don Wilson, but when somebody tries to outsmart me, they can do it every time.
1: <laughs>
9: oh, Kenny. Now, come on, I'll open the door. Okay. Yeah. See? Nothing in here but a little Christmas tree. Oh,
21: Don, you're right. And I know the boy put the fur up here because I asked him about it. Yeah, but that isn't
9: finding anything.
21: Now, let's be scientific. Wh- who would steal a fur? A woman. Right. Therefore, I
9: think there must be a woman hidden in the closet, and I'm going in after her. Oh, Don, if you're right, you better let me go with you. Nonsense. I'll go in after that woman alone. And if I whistle like this... She's dangerous. Yeah. And if I whistle like this...
21: Stay out. I'll handle her myself. (laughs) Now, wait a minute, Don. Oh, look, here comes the boy from next door. Hello,
2: Mr. Baker. I'm glad you're up here. Now, looky
21: here, young man. What did you do with the fur I told you to buy for Miss Biddle?
2: Well, gee, Mr. Baker, it's right there on the
21: table. On the ta... There's nothing on that table but a little Christmas tree. Now, what did you do with all that money I gave you to buy a fur?
19: All that money? Well, jeepers, that tree ain't a pint of a hemlock. I got the best-looking fur Christmas tree I could get for your 97 cents.
9: Thank you, thank you, Kenny Baker, for making my personal hotel that entertaining. I'll be seeing you every morning, five times a week. And now, for another little visit away from ABC's Hollywood Studios and a trip to Pine Ridge, Arkansas this Christmas Eve, to visit our delightful old friends, Lum and Abner.
24: down for a
1: minute. Ah? Uh, I
24: want you to listen while I run through this poem I'm gonna recite at the youngin's Christmas party tonight.
23: You gonna recite a poem? Yeah.
24: <laughs> yeah. Lord, yeah.
23: me! I love to hear a piece spoken. folk. I love it.
24: They wanted somebody with a good speaking voice and lots of personality.
23: Natural. But you'll do just as well, Long. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what uh,
23: poem are you gonna recite?
24: It's a Christmas poem.
23: Well, sir, now, you chose a good topic for this time of year. You sure did? Uh, I thought I sort it of, sort of fit in good. Yes, yes. But you you stand there and listen. Yeah, go ahead. I just love Christmas. Happy Yuletide. Just love it. Well, t'was
24: me. the night before Christmas. Uh, 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 uh,
23: uh what, what was it, Lum?
24: I said, t'was the night before Christmas. Oh,
23: I enjoy Christmas. My favorite holiday. Well, go ahead, Lum. Start your poem. <laughs> I'm dying to hear it. Well,
24: keep still then. Yeah, go
23: ahead.
24: T'was the night before Christmas.
23: Oh, that's... I just love And
24: all them. through the house, all not a creature... All through cre- whose
23: house? Just
24: any house. And all through the house, not a creature... Oh, it's was a vacant to... house, huh?
23: No,
24: there's a family living in it. Got some young'uns. The
23: Bates's place?
24: Not necessary.
23: Well, they got young'uns, little Doody and Doocy. All right.
24: Make it, make it the Bates's then.
23: Yeah, <laughs> can't understand why it's so quiet around there, though. There's the noisiest two little brats I ever know <coughs> Well, go ahead, Lon.
24: T'was the night before Christmas, and all through the house... I, 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 I... What's the matter now? All
23: through the Bates' house. All
24: right. T'was the night before Christmas, and all through the Bates' house... Yeah. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. He might the... be
23: caught in a trap. Keep
1: brought...
23: <laughs> A mouse. The stockings were... Was... mouse is stockings? No, silly. Well, I was gonna say, no wonder they couldn't hear the mice if they run around their stocking feet. But go ahead, go
24: ahead. The stockings was hung by the chimney with care. Oh, that's
23: sweet. In the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Who in the world is Nick (laughs) Lassoon? Who? That Nick Lassoon, you said you hoped he'd be there.
24: I said, in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there.
23: Yeah. That's Santa Claus. Oh, I see, yeah. The children That's were... the first time I ever heard him call Nick Lassoon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
23: it's your poem. You go ahead and do it the way you I'm want I'm trying them. to. Yeah. The
24: children were nestled all snug in their beds.
23: Th- that's duty and dulcie. Yeah, bless their hearts.
24: While visions of sugar plums danced through their
23: heads. there, let little Vision? Well, no wonder they're quiet. Them young'uns are sick. Stop interrupting, would you? Let's see, where was I at? Damn poor little varmint.
24: Oh, yeah, dance. And Mama and her kerchief. Miss
23: Bates dancing at that time of the night.
24: And I and my cap.
23: You, was you over there dancing with Miss Bates? Home? Oh, for goodness sake. Well, Lum, you ought to have taken your cap off. It ain't polite to dance with your cap off.
24: I weren't over there dancing with Miss Bates.
23: Who was it? Then?
24: I don't know.
23: Well, I bound you, I can guess pretty close to who it was. Who? That Nick Lassoon.
24: Admiral, <laughs> will you just hash up and listen? It's mixed up, I forget where I was at in the poem.
23: Nick and Miss Bates was dancing.
24: Yeah. Or no.
23: They're gonna wake up the kids, too, if they ain't care.
24: And Mama in her kerchief... And in her what? Kerchief, kerchief.
23: Gesundheit. <laughs> and I and my cap. Yeah, you better keep your cap on, long um, long as you're catching cold, sneezing that right away. Go ahead.
24: When out on the lawn, there rose such a clatter.
23: <laughs> Old man Bates coming home. <laughs>
1: Just
24: listen to the poem and you'll find out what it was.
23: Yes, go ahead. I'd love to find out what that racket is. I still think old man Bates is mixed up in it somewhere. I
24: sprang from my bed to see what was the matter.
23: Dogus, could you hear it clean over to your place? Admiral, will you keep quiet? That's more than likely how you caught that coal lump running around your nightshirt. <laughs> go ahead. Away
24: to the window I flew like a flag.
2: Good for you! Tore
24: open the shutters and threw up the sash.
23: Just barely made it, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
23: the
24: moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. Um,
23: don't change your subject. What was that racket going on out there in the yard? <laughs> I'm coming, it.
24: When, what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer?
23: Eight tiny? Law Matters, do you actually claim you've seen a herd of midget reindeers run around the base's yard? I
24: told you to keep quiet. More rapid than eagles' Nice hit.
23: rabbits and eagles. He, he
24: whistled and shouted and called them by name. Lom, you
23: better lay down. That colds give you a fever. Get away from me,
24: Abner. Now, Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer. Mom,
23: calm down, now
24: Lom. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen. long watch your language.
23: Watch your language. Well, holly, 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 Merry Christmas. oh Merry Christmas. Well, oh, howdy Grandpap. Doggies, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, hey, it's time to go on over to the Christmas party. You fellas ready?
24: Nah, grannies, I am. I'm getting out of here right now. Yeah,
23: hey, wait a minute. Lom, come back Good here mom. now. Hey, Lom. <laughs> oh, me, Grandpa, this is the worst one Christmas I ever seen. Why? Why, what's the trouble? Well, ain't you here? No. Well, Lom's got to go over and recite a poem when he's so sick he's got the hallucinations. The little Bates is younger laid up with the visions, and their mama's downstairs dancing with the Mr. Lassoon. <laughs> old Man Bates is out in your yard raising a ruchus. You can hear all over town. You better go on over the party, Grandpapa, yourself. Well, ain't you coming? No, I-, I think I better stay here and wait for the call. What call? Why, the one from the corner. If old man Bates ever catches them two in there dancing and carry on, that Nick Lassoon's a dead goose. <laughs>
3: As you can
9: see, it's certainly a different kind of Christmas down there on Old Pine Ridge, but it sure is entertaining. (laughs) But uh, here in Hollywood, we have our own idea of Christmas entertainment, and I think it's not just our idea. It's the idea of everyone in the entire country. Bing Crosby.
3: Thank you, Don. There's a simple story filled with promise of what happened on December 24th, which was written almost 2,000 years ago. This being another Christmas Eve, I'd like to read again the story of the Nativity from the Book of Luke, Chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city, Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields and keeping watch over the fields by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were not afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you he shall bind the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth
15: peace and goodwill
3: toward men.
15: O oh, little town of Bethlehem How still we see thee lie Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hope.
3: Merry Christmas, everybody, and good night.
9: Bing, that was great. Thanks, thanks so much. And so, with a final Christmas greeting from all of us here in Hollywood, we now go back to Paul Whiteman in New York.
8: This is Paul Whiteman back in New York with a very warm feeling about the heart and a large lump in the throat. I want to extend my sincere thanks to all who helped to make ABC's big Christmas party a big success. Most particularly, I want to send a message of good hope and cheer to all our servicemen and women who are still in the hospitals the brave men who have offered the greatest gift of all as they fought for the one who was born this day, the Prince of Peace. To them and to each of you everywhere, heaven's best blessings be upon you. And now to all a happy Christmas and to all... A good night.
7: Paul Whiteman's ABC Christmas Party was broadcast to all our servicemen and women everywhere through worldwide shortwave facilities. The Hollywood portion of the program was directed by Larry Robertson and Paul Franklin. The New York program was produced and directed by Charles Harrell, with special music by Bernard Green. Good night. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
0: And with that, we'll talk to you one day with Patricia here on Yesterday USA. Merry Christmas, everybody.
5: JAWS Professional, Skype, status online, alt page down, menu, alt tab, leaving menu bar, alt tab, Skype tray, alt tab, SoundForge Pro 11.0